It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. <clears throat> no, not that kind of fantasy. A little more nerdy, a little less sexy. I mean, is there any doubt that Superman wouldn't be the greatest fantasy baseball player in the world? That's the ticket. <laughs> for this week in fantasy and finally we have the whole crew together off to my left welcome uh and newly promoted i might add to rotowire.com along with being your uh co-host on bgn radio on 97.5 the fanatic as well mr james zeltzer what's happening pal what is up johnny i'm psyched to talk a little fantasy man it's gonna be fun yes absolutely and of course from chicago illinois the greatest fantasy mind in the room, <laughs> uh, Mr. Tony Casali, what's going on, pal? Not too much. I'm the greatest fantasy mind until my daughter comes downstairs, yeah. <laughs> and then it's all then it's all over. For me. All bets are off. Well, That's awesome, right. guys. Uh, just to go over co- some quick notes, and you know, camp is coming around. It, it looks actually like that uh, Josh Gordon has a pretty good chance of the suspension being overturned. It doesn't look like he was smoking too much weed, which is. I guess a good thing for both uh, Cleveland and Johnny Manziel. And John, the- John, it was secondhand smoke. Oh, I'm yes, I forgot. Straight, okay, <laughs> okay come on. He inhaled secondhand smoke. Because uh, that, that happens. Exactly. So. That's, Just uh, blow it in my mouth, dude. Just blow it in my <laughs> mouth. It doesn't count. <laughs> so, I mean, if the, if uh, it gets appealed and the suspension either gets less or just thrown out altogether, Tony, what do you, where do you uh, kind of stick him in the wide receiver tree there? Really high. Uh, <laughs> he'll be the greatest, uh, the greatest riser of all uh, of the entire year. He'll go from uh, almost entirely undraftable to uh, to a top ten wide receiver. So you put him right there. I would probably set him down right after I don't know Julio Jones, maybe wide receiver six, seven. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're only worried about the potential for another suspension, but if it gets completely overturned, I think he's a top five receiver. I mean, there's a guy who had 1,646 yards last year after missing the first two games of the season. That's 150 more yards than Antonio Brown, who was the next most at 1,499. Uh, he was just a total monster. I mean, big play guy. Uh, it worked really well with Brian Hoyer before Hoyer got hurt. Uh, you know, I don't see how he's not a top five, top six guy for sure if the suspension's uh, overturned. Absolutely. And, there, you know, there's also a lot of just running back problems that are still kind of generating. Tony actually has the power to get a Jamal Charles deal done because on the last episode, he's like, yeah, you know, they might hold out if he continues to hold out. And literally, as soon as I think I posted the episode, a deal got done there. So well done, Tony. Uh, yeah, no problem. So we can uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we can get Marshawn Lynch's deal done today. Well, then. that's <laughs> The Chosen One has spoken, and the deal got done before we could put out this episode. He has a gift. Um, is it uh, time for either, you know, Turbin or Christine to kind of move up the draft board there? Or, you know, we've seen this kind of thing from Marshawn Lynch, uh, sit out preseasons, do all that stuff, the same that kind of AP does. Is there really any concern there? A deal has to get done at some point, right? Yeah, well, you, you imagine, you know, that they're going to come up with something, I guess. It, but it doesn't look like the Seahawks have any intention of budging. They say next man up like they do. Marshawn, kind of a strange dude. You're going to sit there. He's going to quietly be, you know, somewhere off to the side. Uh, so, yeah, I think you do actually have to move Christine Michael up your draft board. He's an outstanding talent. He's explosive. He looks good in camp. He's going to have the entire preseason to himself. And people who hold out, like we talked about it before, they end up getting hurt. They pull hamstrings in the first couple of weeks of the season. So, yeah, definitely move Christine Michael up your board. You got to keep an eye out. I mean, don't go crazy with it. But uh, he's, you know, he's talented enough in a in a system that doesn't throw the ball. So, yeah, he's definitely moving on. And, James, uh, on the other side of that hamstring problems happening in Atlanta, per usual, Stephen Jackson out indefinitely, as they announced uh, today, I believe. Looks like he's not going to be ready for week one. Uh, uh, Rogers was actually a pretty decent pickup when Steven Jackson wasn't in. I thought he did really well last year. Uh, but, uh, you got uh, Devonta Freeman that's coming in as a new rookie. I didn't really take a look at him too much in college, but again, if the, you have that Steven Jackson problem, where are you going there? It's a tough call. To be honest, I think it's more of a stay away than anything. I think if I'm going to pick one of the two guys, I'm going to take an upside shot on Freeman. A uh, little bit bigger than than Rodgers, not really that big, about 5'9", 220. So a, a slightly bigger than the 5'6", Rodgers. I think that helps. I think he can withstand a little bit more of a pounding. I, I think we all know that, that Quiz is not an every-down back. He's not going to be a pounder. Uh, I, I just don't – he doesn't excite me. He's not someone who I look at and say, oh, you know, he has the potential to – to be a, a top-end running back. I think if for some reason Jackson's out for a long period of time, uh, you go with Freeman. Take the upside shot. Take, you know, it, it, And again, I think, as Tony, I think, would agree, I think all this depends on league depth. I think if you're talking about maybe a 10-team league, you're a lot more likely to take a shot on the upside guy. But if you're talking about a 14-16-team a 14, a league, someone like Rodgers where you know you're going to get that you know, definite production is maybe the better choice. So I think league dynamics play into this a lot. But for me, in this situation, I'm going to take a shot on the upside guy. I did like Freeman at Florida State. I thought he ran well, uh, has some elusiveness. It, it can pound. Kind of uh, – I was actually talking to, to a friend of mine who's a, 
uh, a draft maniac, and he said he reminds him a lot of Zach Stacy. Uh, so I, you know, I thought that was relatively high praise for a guy. So uh, I, you know, I, I think I'd go with the upside play of Freeman personally. No, I completely agree. Uh, you know, I did a couple of mocks today, and Freeman obviously will be moving up uh, a little bit with. Uh, with the news, it's going to be really hard to trust Jackson to, to play much this year with these hamstring problems. This isn't even the same hamstring that was that went out on him before. Uh, yeah, I think Freeman is definitely the upside play. And Tony, I'll stick with you along with the you know the situation in San Francisco as well. They've had two running backs now just kind of go out. Um, is Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde now the most kind of important handcuff? Uh, this year as it stands? I don't know if it's the most important handcuff, uh, but they do run the ball a lot, and it's a, it's a very important handcuff. I mean, we can go back to Marshawn Lynch and having Kristen Michael, um, but, you know, I, I think that Carlos Hyde is going to be another one of those high upside guys that you should keep and, you know, uh, an eye on. You know, Frank Gore's been doing this a long time, and now every year we come to the same sort of, uh, you know, questions. Is this Frank Gore's time to to step back? And every year he ends up, basically proving everybody wrong and having a, a decent year. Uh, this year, though, uh, I think it might be a you know a great time to have Carlos Hyde on your team. It's funny because Tony actually had my notes in front of me, and Tony was like, it was like reading my notes. Frank Gore's <laughs> played 16 games each of the last three years. It's one of those things where there's this perception that Frank Gore is some kind of injury-prone back because of the injury at Miami, a couple minor nicks early in his career, but... You know, this guy goes out and plays every game every year. And, yes, he's older. You know, at some point it is going to end, just like Tony said. You know, there is going to be that year where all of a sudden Gore goes down. But I got a hunch it's not going to be this year. I trust Gore. I think he's going to be fine. I definitely think Christine Michael is a more important handcuff. I think LeGarrette Blunt might be a more important handcuff and maybe even Bernard Pierce. Uh, I think there are a few handcuff situations out there, especially because we have no idea what Carlos Hyde's going to be. You know, we have, you know, I liked him. I I thought he was good in college, but, you know, I I just don't trust Carlos Hyde that much. I think if if Gore goes down, Harbaugh is going to find a way to to mix the ball around I'm just not that high on Carlos Hyde. I think he's, you know, if you have Gore, I'm fine with you picking up Hyde and, you know, second to last round, the last round, somewhere along those lines. But I, I definitely wouldn't reach for Carlos Hyde. No, and neither would I. And I, I think he's a great stash guy uh, just to kind of see what happens. There's, I mean, there's a ton of those guys that are out there. They always are every year. Carlos Hyde's probably my guy for that this year. Uh, and just like you said, it, it, very wait and see. Uh, but, again, an important handcuff. Uh, with that, I mean, we always, just like we did last week with the tight ends and things, we want to get into those different tiers and kind of see what's happened. We're going to focus on wide receivers this week. And, uh, guys, the first thing I want to talk about is basically a battle of rookie wide receivers. As we all know, it's not really that great of an idea to kind of hang on to a rookie wide receiver to, you know, uh, break through on fantasy points or anything like that. But I, I do want to see if there is a potential flex wide receiver three or better in this following group. And it's the tier of, you know, uh, not really a tier, just Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks. Tony, out of those three guys, is there somebody there that you are definitely real high on that can contribute to your fantasy team this year? No. Uh, let me tell you, I mean, that's, uh, you know, no, I I don't, I'm gonna, yeah. Will one of those guys end up on my team? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Look in the late rounds, I'm looking for high upside rookie running backs, possibly, uh, not so high on the rookie wide receivers. Very rare that they end up making much of an impact. Same thing with the tight ends. Uh, if I were going to pick one of those three, yeah, you know, obviously Sammy Watkins is impressing in camp, but of course he is. He's a, he's an amazing talent, but who's throwing him the ball? 
So I, I would say probably at this point, I'm looking at Brandon Cooks, uh, New Orleans guy. You know, he's a little, you know, he's diminutive receiver, uh, just as quick as can be. He's going to be one of those guys in the, in the uh, you know, explosive playmaker set that they're going to just try and get him the ball in space, maybe uh, pick, fill in some of that Sproles role, get the ball in space and make a break for it. So, yeah, in terms of uh, uh, high upside guys who might be able to break a touchdown here and there, but I don't think any of these guys are any every week flex players. Wide receiver fours, possibly, where you can fill them in uh, with, uh, you know, good matchups or if you've got somebody out. Um, but, yeah, I'm not looking uh, to draft any of these guys higher than a wide receiver four. Yeah, I actually agree with Tony. I think it's very rare that you see rookie wide receivers make a significant impact. I mean, we all know the real answer to this question is Jordan Matthews, but we'll, <laughs> we'll put that aside for a minute. Uh, I think Cooks, look, Cooks is in the best offense. He's got the best quarterback throwing him the ball. I'm a little leery because, as we all know, New Orleans really likes to spread the ball around. Uh, you know, they had two running backs with 70-plus catches last year. So, uh, you know, I don't see any of these guys making a significant, significant impact. Uh, I think Sammy Watkins is probably the most talented of the group, but uh, again, I, I don't have any faith in EJ Manuel this year, but even having said that, I still, for some reason, feel like Watkins is making such an impression now, and, you know, ultimately, there will be receiving points to be had, you know, even if it's a low level of receiving points. I think I would probably go Watkins of the three, but I totally get the the Cooks thing. Cooks was actually my initial thought, but the more I think about the New Orleans offense and the way they spread the ball around and, uh, you know, a guy like Lance Moore, I think it's one of those things where you're going to have weeks where each of these three guys is going to be valuable and going to be someone you would want in your lineup. It's just going to be completely unpredictable, and there's going to be no sort of uniformity to their stats over the season. So they'll all be somewhat valuable at a point because I think they're all extremely talented. But I don't think any one of these guys, like Tony said, is going to be someone you can spot in your flex spot every week and trust them to go out and get you points. Tony, for the dynasty players, though, who do you think out of those three is the best to kind of go at? Oh, I think that's I think it's got to be Sammy Watkins. I mean, uh, E.J. Manuel, you know, will improve if he doesn't. He'll be replaced. Sammy Watkins is going to be the future. I mean, Mike Evans this year does have future Hall of Fame quarterback Josh McCown throwing to him. And that's going <laughs> to that's yes! going to help him out quite a bit. Uh, and he's a big guy and he likes big targets and he might be able to get some, you know, points in the future. I think Evans will be really good. In fact, I think all three of these guys are, you know, in a in a dynasty league uh, outstanding pickups late in your draft. Um, but Watkins. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Watkins, but I, I really like all three. I think that, look, if Cooks can can grow in that New Orleans offense, I think that Breeze is going to be there for, for a little bit more time. I think he's got a good five years left in him. Uh, that offense is so dynamic. I could definitely see a weapon like Cooks, especially with the way they use Darren Sproles. Uh, I, I could really see Cooks turning into something special, uh, but I think you got to pick Watkins. And I love Evans, too. I, I think Tony's right. I think all three of these guys have have humongous potential. I, I'm just not that excited about the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, I, Josh McGowan, I know, superstar, the best guy ever. But it just uh, – I'm just not that excited. I think having Vincent Jackson across from him, you know, that'll draw a little attention away from him. That should help. Uh, but I think long-term Sammy Watkins is is – such an elite talent, such an impressive guy that I just don't see how you could pick against him. Uh, honestly, I, but my my answers for both is Brandon Cooks the whole way. Um, I, I just like James said, and that was one of my main points. Look, Darren Sproles is in Philadelphia now. 
Uh, I think that he, Brandon Cooks kind of takes over that hybrid role of what they do. I think they put him in the backfield. I think they throw, you know, all co- sorts of crazy stuff. And uh, I I think for the now and the long term of the future, I have no faith in Kenny Stills yet. Uh, and Marcus Colston's getting older. And there's, you know, who it's a very up in the air as far as who's going to take over New Orleans. But I've been impressed with Brandon Cooks since the draft Knicks were all over him. So I say that uh, for going forward. Uh, getting it into more, a little more of the, you know, actual guys that are going to put uh, fantasy points on your team. We've broken down uh, these next three guys who are relatively close. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Keenan Allen, Victor Cruz. It seems pretty obvious, but I'm curious on what you guys think if you are uh, right in the middle there. Uh, James, what do you think of those three? Uh, I actually like a bounce back year for Cruz this year. Uh, I think if I was going to choose between the three, I'd probably go Deshaun. Uh, as much as it hurts to say it, I do think that Griffin has the arm to to get him the ball deep. I think that, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun as a fantasy player is frustrating because he'll have those weeks where he'll get you 30 yards and you're just cursing him. But then, you know, he'll go and have two touchdowns and 130 yards, including an 80-yard touchdown pass. Uh, so, I, I, for I, 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 the point is I would take Jackson, but I really do like Victor Cruz this year. I like what he brings. I think that McAdoo is going to kind of change that offense. They've already talked about having Manning, you know, reach that 70% completion to plateau or 70% passer, uh, you know, efficiency. I I think that's a big thing for a guy like Cruz because Cruz is a possession guy. Cruz is going to help you move the stick. So I really do like Cruz to bounce back. Uh, But if I had to choose between the three, I'm going to go Deshaun. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the guy that you didn't mention there out of those three. And I, I, I would, you know, yeah, certainly yeah. take Keenan Allen, I think, out of those three. Uh, the, you know, the, the offense that they play in, the 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 year that we had out of Phillip Rivers, I, I actually do see that continuing. Their, their division is obviously a very strong one, but not necessarily, uh, you know, filled with cornerbacks that are going to scare you away. Uh, Keenan Allen had an outstanding second half of last year. If he keeps that going at anywhere near the pace that he was going last year, he's going to end up a top 10 receiver without a problem. I do like uh, I do like Victor Cruz there out of the, the next two guys. I think uh, my only problem with uh, Deshaun Jackson is uh, it's going to be some of the same stuff. He had, I think, uh, an outlier year last year uh, in an excellent offense. I think he's going to actually uh, fall back a little bit this year. And it's not that, uh, you know, Robert Griffin doesn't have the arm and he's not going to be thrown. He's got his possession guy uh, in Pierre Garçon. And obviously Deshaun's there to take the top off. I just think he's going to be catching the balls in fits and starts. And you're not going to know which, you know, which uh, game is going to be his big game. So I tend to stay away from boom bust guys in my wide receiver two category. And I'd be much more comfortable with Keenan Allen on my team. And especially this- Tony, Tony just endeared himself to every Philadelphia Eagles fan. That's <laughs> know your audience. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, Keenan Allen for me, along with just, I like what Mike McCoy does out there. They have a sweetheart of a schedule. Uh, Keenan Allen to me is going to kind of continue that second or his into his second year. And just kind of dominate. I do love your point, James. Though Victor Cruz, I think, I, I think I have him just ranked like Tony. I'm going Allen Cruz Jackson on that one. Um, I do think Cruz has a bounce back here. I somewhat. I mean, Eli couldn't do that bad again, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you would I, think not. Yeah. So, I, and I, I think there's a big resurgence between those two there, and you'll see a lot of annoying salsa dances, but they'll put uh, fantasy points up on your board. Um, 
and you know we'll be doing that every week and there's there's the thing that kind of i i just have thought about it and it, it's caused a lot of controversy obviously Stephen a smith got suspended over making dumb comments on first take what else is new but you know this whole ray rice thing I don't know. I almost kind of want to write the commissioner of my league and be like, hey, can we just have a rule where nobody drafts Ray Rice? Because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I don't I don't want anybody kind of be put in that position of like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel weird about it. I, am I taking it way too seriously or shut up and play fantasy and if he's going to help your team, help your team? You can go either way on it. I say, you know, I mean, to each their own, obviously. If somebody wants to go ahead and take them, take them. I wouldn't, I'll never have Ben Roethlisberger on my team again. Uh, (laughs) That's not even a joke. I absolutely won't. I mean, and, you know, obviously Stephen A. Smith is an idiot and that whole show is garbage. So it's not, you know, surprising that they're going to say something controversial or stupid because that's their, that's their trade is to try and incite. That's the show. That is the show. So the fact that they said something insensitive and stupid is you know, to- totally. You know, that's why he got suspended for a week and not canned is because they want him to come back and do stupid stuff like that again. So, uh, yeah, none of this is surprising. The fact that he got a two game suspension is probably the reason why they're going to go back to our first topic that they're going to have to reduce Josh Gordon's. You know, the fact yeah. that you can smoke half a joint and be out for the year, but you can knock your future wife out cold yeah. in an elevator and get two games obviously is ridiculous. The fact that he came in today to camp and got a standing ovation makes me sort of, you know, pull what little hair I have left out. <laughs> it's it, it just it, this whole, you know, it's a very bipolar thing we have going on. That sort of behavior, if taken out of uh, a pro football context, would be appalling. Yeah. And every man you know would get up and, you know, try and fight this guy for what he did. But because he's a, you know, professional football player, he got applauded when he came into camp. So, you know, he and his you know, wife work it out. Great. Happy for him, whatever. But I don't really want him on my team. It's I don't think look, this fantasy football podcast is not the forum to discuss the Ray Rice issue. <laughs> hey, man, no, 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 no. That's my point is I'm relating it to fantasy football. I'm saying that. I I think he's a scumbag. Uh, you know, I think what he did is is an atrocity. Uh, but yeah, I'd have him on my fantasy football team. I would wow. because I, I, you know, because look, I look, I have I have Cowboys on my fantasy football team. I have Redskins. I have Giants. I have I have all kinds of people on my fantasy football team. I I think that you, what I think it's a general thing that when you look at fantasy football, you have to be able to disassociate yourself. From any beliefs, any allegiances, anything that you have in normal football or the way you look at life, fantasy football is is a separate entity. And you know, it's it's uh, if it's a value, I, I think you take the guy. I don't think you go out. Look, I probably if I did have him on my team, I don't think I'd be able to root for him the same way that I might, you know. But it, it's the same thing if I have a cowboy on my team. It's not like if I have you know Des Bryant on my team, I'm going to be excited that Des Bryant scored a touchdown. But I'm still going to draft the guy. I'm still going to have him on my team. I, I just 
I, I think you have to disassociate the two when you're playing fantasy. I, I don't I don't think there's any sort of I don't think you're supporting Ray Rice by by having him on your fantasy team. Look, I think the bigger reason you don't want fa- Ray Rice on your fantasy team is because he sucks. He just had an <laughs> awful 2013 season. Like I don't want anything to do with the guy from a football perspective. I think I would even consider not even consider. I think I draft Bernard Pierce before I take Ray Rice. I have no confidence that Ray Rice is going to do anything of value in terms of fantasy this year so he's not going to be on my team regardless just because i'm not going to draft the guy because i don't think he's going to be a positive contributor my fantasy team but you know it it, i just i I get what you're saying i get the whole point but i just i think you have to disassociate the two things when it comes to fantasy i hear you and you make a couple of good points but i mean there's a humongous difference between i drafted a cowboy or a giant or a packer or whatever uh, no, no uh, question. Yes, to, that's a that's a fair point. Fair point. I'm not saying that, but I mean, you've had scumbags on your team. There are a lot of people in the NFL that were scumbags. You know, I mean, but that's just people in general. You know, people are scumbags. Period. It's just the fact of the matter of it. Just like Tony said, like if this, if he wasn't a football player, like the standing ovation, it just drives me insane. What is Baltimore thinking? Well, that is thinking? insanity. That's that's all a joke. It's a travesty. This. I mean, he should have been suspended for far more than two games. I, you know. It's all a travesty. That whole aspect of it is a travesty. But I, I you know, I, I'm a big believer just in fantasy. You just step aside well, and you're playing a game. How high, well, you know? well, then how high do you put uh, uh, Bernard Pierce now? Because you know they've got Gary Kubiak in there. They're gonna be running the ball. They're gonna do the zone block. They got him. You know, he's gonna get his. He's gonna get some space to run in. Uh, how high do you have Bernard Pierce? I definitely move him up, especially, look, I think in fantasy, I'm a big believer in when you've got the job, you're worth owning. So it's same thing with closers in fantasy baseball. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, he's just filling in for a guy, but he's closing. And if he does a good job at it, managers are hesitant to take them out of that role. Uh, so I, I think you got to give, you got to move Pierce up. I don't know quite how high I would move him up because when Rice comes back, they're going to play him, especially after all this stuff. They're going to try and get him out there and, you know, get him back on the good side, at least of Baltimore Ravens fans, because, you know, it does seem like Ravens fans are willing to forgive the guy, whether that's right or wrong. I think we all three of us agree that's wrong, but fans are fans are very willing to forgive. I mean, Barry, you know, San Francisco Giants fans and again, a different situation, but San Francisco Giants fans were all the more than willing to, to root their asses off for Barry Bonds. Yeah, when it's everyone a, else it's a, a whole different concept. Cause you're talking about right. gameplay versus like morality. Not, so. Look, Don, people rooted for Dante Stallworth when he came back to football. I mean, we've had all kinds of people in this league who have done awful, terrible, horrible things. Were people and- really ever rooting for Dante Stallworth at some point? <laughs> Is that a thing that ever happened even before he ran a dude over? You know, I, I, I think that, and, and I'm with you. Look, I think Ray Rice is a scumbag again. I, I And what about Ray Carruth? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Nobody's sitting, talking about him anymore. He's in a jail cell. But I mean, a lot of, there are a lot of jerks in football. I mean, there are a lot of people who are not the best guys who do awful things. You know, I, and I hear I no, James. I completely hear you. Like, just keep it. I don't know. I, I just, I think I have too much of a problem with it. I, I'm not saying that. Oh, if you draft Ray Rice, you're a son of a bitch, and you believe in what he did. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to draft him. Ray Rice is not going to go undrafted in leagues. There yeah, will be someone in every single one of your leagues. 
every league that's listening, Ray Rice is going to get drafted in. Unless, like you said, they set a memorandum at the beginning of the draft and say, all right, no one's allowed to draft Ray Rice. Someone's going to draft him. There's going to be a point where someone's going to be like, oh, Ray Rice is sitting there in the 11th round. All right, I'll take him. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's a question of whether it's right or wrong. And I don't know. It's it's hard to judge morality when it comes to fantasy sports. Yes, it is. It is. Um and uh, thank you for moving the ADP up on uh, Toby Gerhardt, all of you, because that's you, you had mentioned before, like, if it's it's his job, he's going to take it. We'll get into that maybe next week, quality versus, you know, quantity type, type of thing. I have I have no faith in Toby Gerhardt. I, I don't know how many times I can say that. The guy averaged 7.9 yards per carry last year. Yeah, I'm talking about him getting 300 touches this year. Yeah, well, enjoy him. I, I, not a believer. Not a believer. I'm sorry, you can call me a jerk, but uh, I'm not a believer. You don't like my Rashad Jennings either, so no, no, that's all right. No, I don't like either of them. I just, you know what? After after running back 12, some of them have problems. That's the way it goes. <laughs> uh, James, just closing thoughts. Who's, uh, who's, being, uh, who's going up your draft board right now? I'm about to really endear myself to Eagles fans here. Um, Tony Romo is driving up my draft <laughs> board. Look, the guy's healthy. You're hearing reports out of camp. Apparently, he looks good. He's got some zip on the ball, accuracy. His back is not bothering him at all. Uh, he's only 34 years old. I know that sounds old, but for quarterbacks in today's NFL, it's it's really not that old. He's got a bevy of weapons to throw to. He's got Des Bryant. He's got Witten. He's got DeMarco Murray coming out of the backfield. Uh, you know, it, it, there are, there's a lot of talent in that down op, Dallas offense. He's got a nice young offensive line in front of him. And, and look at what the guy did in 15 games last year. 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh if Tony Romo's healthy, there's no way he shouldn't be a top 10 quarterback. I mean, you look at uh, just to use ESPN's rankings as an example, he's the 13th ranked quarterback. Uh, I think that's insanity. I, I think Tony Romo, if he's healthy, he's going to put up fantasy numbers. Look, do I want him as the quarterback of my team that I root for? Absolutely not. But when it comes to a fantasy team where it's just all about the stats and putting up numbers, and if he throws a fourth quarter pick that that kills the team's game uh, after throwing for 500 yards and and four touchdowns, you know you stomach that as a fantasy owner, as an owner of the t, as a, a fan of the team that you root for, and they lose the game because of it, you don't. But but I think fantasy wise, I think that Tony Romo's kind of reputation is kind of screwing him. When in actuality, he's he's a really good fantasy quarterback. Tone. Yeah, I was going a, a little bit different direction. I was looking at the tight ends. I'm going to stay in the same division, and I've been looking at Jordan Reed and how he's feeling lately. It looks mm-hmm. like he's you know cleared up. Now look, concussions are a little bit tricky, but man, if this guy's in, his ADP is not all that high. You can get him as the seventh or eighth tight end taken off the board and if he can pick up where he left off before he got his bell rung a couple of times last year you're looking at a guy who can put up some fantastic numbers 500 yards 45 catches in 10 games last year that he completed anyway and you know and i can only imagine him getting better they're going to be throwing the ball they're going to be moving him around i think that getting the top taken off the defense i've been talking to before with deshaun jackson going to give him a lot of opportunities to see catches. I've got him moving up my board. Basically, what I like about Jordan Reed is the value that you can get him for. If you want to wait on your tight ends, if you want to just load up on your receivers and running backs, this is a guy that you can get, you know, in the seventh, eighth round in a lot of your drafts. Uh, He might be moving up. I mean, you know, preseason, if he starts to look really good, uh, he's going to be a little more expensive for you. But uh, Jordan Reed's definitely my guy, although I would – I would definitely say go ahead and back him up. 
go ahead and get another tight end relatively quick after you get him, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like both of those picks, guys, and uh, the uh, Philadelphia faithful won't like me for this one either, uh, but I'm going to go with Jeremy Macklin. Uh, <laughs> actually, I, I think that where his value is right now is outstanding. Um, you're, you're looking at guys that are going in front of him, like T.Y. Hilton, and, you know, Michael Crabtree, uh, even Vernon Danis, Wes Welker, all that type of stuff. I think that Jeremy Macklin will annihilate any of those numbers that they could possibly put up, with the exception of maybe Wes Welker or you know, Percy Harvin, somewhere around there. Um, that has immense value for me from training camp and everything that we've seen here, the cuts that he's done already, the toughness that he's kind of shown in camp here. He's moving up my board quite rapidly, and I, I think that there is a potential to have a Deshaun Jackson type of season once again in this Chip Kelly offense. So um, we thank you so much for listening again to uh, this episode of This Week in Fantasy. It is numero dos. We will be back next week with number three. We'll probably be talking about a lot of running backs and arguing about Ray Rice <laughs> and uh, all that other good stuff. So for me, John Barchard, for James Zeltzer, and for Tony Casali, we'd like to thank you for listening to This Week in Fantasy. This episode of This Week in Fantasy has been brought to you by Eagles Almanac, the 2014 edition. The Eagles Almanac includes detailed analysis, essays, scouting, statistics, and more from the likes of Shil Kapadia, Tim McManus, Jimmy Kemsky, Tommy Lawler, and Bleeding Green Nation's own Brandon Lee Gouton. You'll get in-depth access to the play breakdowns of Chip Kelly's dynamic offense, See how LaShawn McCoy can build on his record-setting season. Seeing exactly what Nick Foles' ceiling is. And of course, your guide to the important art of buying an Eagles jersey. The 2014 Eagles Almanac. Grab it now at eaglesalmanac.com. <laughs> <laughs>